0: From RTE Radio, I'm Neil Sheridan This is Playback Daily.
1: Two actually males came back positive for so let's say a while. Two, two, two out of one thousand five hundred.
2: Yeah. Two. It's very different than it was in the very beginning of this system when Pfizer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my dogs have decided That's to join me. That's all right.
3: He's entitled <laughs> to talk to us too.
1: <laughs> They're very vocal. When it happened, for some reason, everybody knew straight away. is a small town, so the news spread out.
0: Coming up on this edition of Playback Daily. Why you need to take control of your streaming TV habits. One woman's long journey out of direct provision. And Buon Natale. How Christmas is celebrated in Italy. That's all on the way over the next hour of the radio catch-up show that has no idea how to get this chocolate-covered ravioli into the turkey. The newsings on this morning's Ryan Tuberty Show Which is where we usually begin Kicked off with our host ruminating on what used to be known Possibly uncharitably In some circles As Culture Day
4: I suppose it's because the space-time continuum As we say in the Starship Enterprise Has been totally confused by the pandemic Temporal hole we find ourselves in Shall we say that? It's hard to know what time or what day it is But I do know It's the 8th of December And once upon a time, children Many years ago The people from the country were Spend today on buses and trains and cars and carts and... Ho- I'm only joking. People from non-Dublin, from non-Dublin, would come to Dublin and dazzle, be dazzled at the Switzers and go see Santa and the, and the things that move like that really out of time and they, and they cost 50p to put together but we were nostalgic for them now and they got a badge to say, I saw Santa. And then they went home. But that doesn't really happen now because really all the big shops came to the towns and the villages around and the cities and said, no, don't pick up the, don't need you anymore, double. And, uh, and then there's a pandemic. So now there's even more reason not to come anywhere or go anywhere. So that's why we're not expecting the streets to be thronged with people on this 8th of December. 2021, the the big, I suppose, uh, this is the time of year when listy listy stories start getting into the papers as, as kind of real news starts to peter out, as it will do in the next couple of weeks. We hope. And they, uh, they we just, we, they, we, we all do it. Uh, look at the list and go, that's, you didn't know man. So today's list to begin it uh, as we head into the Christmas season is uh, Google reveals what we've been searching for in 2021, according to RTE.ie. So if you ever go on a search, how to, how to, it it, it immediately springs up with suggestions. And the the, the most how-to suggestions and requests were, how to, one, register for the COVID-19 vaccine. How to, make iced coffee. See our priorities? I've got to get the vaccine, but I'd love a nice iced coffee. Next one, how to do an antigen test. Interesting, that one. The conversations I've had around that. So how far up the nose do you put that thing? And are you really scraping? Or are you placeboing yourself? Are you fooling yourself going, just going to just kind of wave it there a little bit? And oh, it's negative. Oh, great. As opposed to, seriously, do you know how to do this antigen test? Anyway, let's go to the next one. How to book a COVID-19 test. How to... Get rid of fruit flies Okay Please don't text about that Don't care We did it Next How to Do the Jerusalem dance How to Solve a Rubik's Cube I hate Rubik's Cubes I don't like them Never like them How to Apply for the COVID payment How to Get the COVID-19 certificate How to Buy Bitcoin Which apparently is A big conversation For some people Comfort food uh, this year were uh, banana bread and scones uh, have been uh, superseded by pancakes, waffles, and shepherd's pie. I eat all of that. Now that's good. And TV shows that were uh, Googled: uh, Bridgerton, Squid Game, Love Island, Eurovision, Mayor of East Town, Behind Her Eyes, Firefly Lane, Line of Duty, Kin, and Your Honor. And then loads of Brexit questions and loads of COVID questions. So that's pretty much it. If you're wondering, no surprises really there um, I do like the, uh, the BBC list though uh, Which is uh, the most commonly mispronounced words of the year 2021 Including the world number four tennis player who's Greek uh, So I'm going to have a pop at this and we'll see Before you have a pop at me if you're getting it wrong How about that? Quid's <laughs> in? Let's do it Stefanos Tsitsipas is a tennis player And I say that with no confidence Chugi is uh, now uh, uh, slang for uncool or unfashionable. It, because of the the uh, COP twenty six summit, lots of Americans put in how to pronounce Glasgow. Did you say Glas Glasgow? Yeah, I can understand that. So glass, it's 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 got that Z feel to it. Glasgow. Uh, Yasify is the obviously the filter. Yasify. And Ever Given is the name of the ship that blocked the Suez Canal. I didn't know that. And Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency popularised by Elon Musk. These were the mispronounced words of the year.
0: Could have sworn that Billy Eilish's surname was in there too, but maybe I'm mistaken. In any way, a great stat from the Irish Examiner about a nation that obviously watches too much Grey's Anatomy. Uh, in the Irish Examiner today, Irish people are among the most willing in the world, this is a strange
4: accolade, but we'll take it, uh, the most willing in the world to try CPR when they witness someone having a heart attack with bystanders taking action in... What percent? Let's, let's let me just pause this for a moment. What percentage of people do you think in Ireland would see somebody fall, uh, maybe having a heart attack, and would offer CPR or stop and do? What percent would you say it's in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties? The answer is eighty-four percent, which is pretty impressive. Um, and this is a report from the Out of Hospital Cardiac Arrest Registrar, Ireland. And they tell us today that this is the first vital step in the chain of survival to save a life. Half of cardiac arrests are witnessed by bystanders. The person collapsed in front of them. The key step for the bystander was immediately calling uh, the number 112. I'm not familiar with that one, but 999 would be the one I'd know. The call taker provides instructions to commence chest compressions and shout to someone to get you the nearest automated external defibrillator. Or defibrillator, so that is, it. The, there's a good news story among the difficult news story for people who are actually having a really attack hard time,
0: From people performing CPR on the street to social media companies trying to clean up their image before governments regulate them.
4: Uh, Instagram will help teenagers to wipe their accounts, meanwhile, of old posts. This will be important for the next generation. Um, as they grow up and fully understand information they've shared. It does baffle me how much people share of their private lives in terms of photos and partying and stuff like that. Because I suppose when you're 18, well, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, you think you're never going to get old, which is fair enough, nor should you be thinking about that. But then there's the job application five years after that, and they do a little search and they go, on, OK, what do we got here? Party animal um, or nerd or whatever it might be. Party, party nerd, even better. Um, but this, this will now uh, allow users to bulk delete old posts to help them manage their digital footprint. be quite convenient for the politicians of the future. The move comes as Instagram announces a series of other changes to make it safer for
0: children and give parents more control over their usage of the app. Just how trendy is Ryan Tuberty? Well, his favourite hot beverage is trendy, so that's good, isn't it?
4: I'm a big hot chocolate fan. I love it. Um, and uh, have it all the time, and I make it at home all the time. I love it, but I don't bother it with marshmallows. I'm not interested. I want the hot chocolate. I don't want to be fighting to get the hot chocolate in into me when there's all these little bits of marshmallows in the way. And so, so no to that. But it's it's proven to be a big train, big trend now, and especially in the states. The, instead of like a cheese board, you have a, a hot chocolate board. This is the winter trend. So it comes out on a board and there's all sorts of stuff sort of like, like cookies, or as we say, biscuits. And they have candy canes and marshmallows of all shapes and sizes, maybe some covered in chocolate. Actually, it looks kind of delicious. I'm not going to lie. It, it looks great. There's n- there, there are a few things better than a delicious hot chocolate. And there are a few things worse than a badly made one. It's, 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 it's not that easy. Um... I believe West Side Story is terrific. I've mentioned it yesterday. Um, I've been told and assured by Westlife story aficionados that I need to watch the original, which I haven't. I looked it up. It's two hours forty minutes. God help us. Give me back my life. But uh, I'll go. I will give it a go. I'm going to watch it maybe over the weekend. Um, actually, yes, Sunday I think I'll watch it. But in the remake, Steven Spielberg has chosen to kind of correct the uh, the ethnic. Record, if you like. So what he's done is there are stretches of it, for, of the film where it's, there's only Spanish spoken, and he's refused to put subtitles in it uh, because what did he say? Because out of respect for the inclusivity of our intentions to hire a totally Latin is it Latin X? I just it's a Latin is that how you, it's not Latinx? It's Latinx. Uh, cast to play the Sharks boys and go this is a word that is new to me because I think I saw it regarding um, Lin-Manuel Hamilton's uh, In the Heights where it was a Latin X where he was accused of not employing enough um, ethnically correct culturally blah etc etc um, anyway, stretches of the new uh, film Features actors speaking in Spanish Without English subtitles uh, Leaving non-Spanish speaking viewers Like myself in the dark About certain exchanges Between members of the sharks And the larger Puerto Rican community Depicted in the film But Spielberg says This was deliberate um, I don't think that's a great idea I I, I think it, it, movies are movies And subtitles are subtitles And languages are languages And um, no, I, I think that's a bit odd now To be honest um, I'm sure he's trying to do the right thing, and maybe there's people who think, say it's great, but look, that's, that's a movie going experience.
0: No. Who um, knows that? Well, we don't like to end a good newsings session on a negative note, but we'll have to make an exception today because, well, that's it for the newsings for today. Keep smiling. On This Morning's Today with Claire Byrne, our host was joined by regular guest Dr Moira Finn to talk COVID vaccine boosters and the news that several thousand appointments were missed in the last few weeks.
3: So what do you think, uh, Moira, is going on? Is it fair, would you say, to say that people aren't just turning up at vaccination centres?
2: No, I don't think that's fair. I think what's happening is that there's three different options for people and they're choosing the option that suits them best, which is perfectly reasonable. It, it's different to the first vaccination rollout when we had a very poor supply, we had a very short window and we could give the vaccines. So there was a, a panicked scramble. But I think what's happening now is people are choosing their time more um, to suit themselves. However, I think there is an issue about being able to kind of Contact the vaccine centres to say that they have already been vaccinated or have um, uh, are going to take up another option because the GPs are doing them, the pharmacies are doing them, and the vaccination centres are are doing the vaccines at the moment. So there's a there's a there's good options, mm-hmm. and I think that's the the issue that. Um, maybe the systems don't really speak to each other as well as they should. That may be the problem.
3: Yeah, that, that would seem to be an issue certainly. Ellen and Tralee has been in touch with us to say she's one of the people the Taoiseach was talking about because it didn't avail of an HSC appointment. I was able to avail of the booster jab from my pharmacy 10 days before the HSE appointment and I wonder how many thousands of others are in the same boat as me. Chris in Dublin says he's annoyed at the Taoiseach's comments. He looked at the HSE website. It tells people in their 60s to wait for a text and thousands like him are still waiting. He knows two people who got boosters in their GP surgery and they found it very difficult to inform the HSE. Anne got a booster at the walk-in centre and then got an appointment and they couldn't cancel the appointment by phone, text or email. The HSE system didn't allow it. So that, I mean, if you if you get your booster elsewhere, Maura, and you can't cancel your appointment, well, you're clearly going to show up as a no-show.
2: Absolutely. And, and that's not their fault. And this, this generation of people the population that we're vaccinating now are very keen to be vaccinated they're the more vulnerable people Um, what we have done is that the over 80s and they were our first group um, and we had invited them in actively invited them in to take vaccine clinics but now what we're doing is we're um say just in the last day or two um the hse have announced that 50 plus can avail of um, booster vaccination so we're going to send texts to them saying that they're available contact the surgery to make um, an appointment by email or by text. And they will probably do that. And if they're contacted by another group as well, it's going to cause confusion. So I'm not sure how this works. You would hope that I thought that the whole system was very centralised. and it is, and I, I I heard Dan O'Connor this morning saying that they're they're going to tweak it a little bit, but I I think what Micheál Martin said yesterday was incorrect. It's not that people are not showing up; they're just getting their vaccine in a different place.
3: You see, the potential there could be that people might think that there's the potential for vaccines to go to waste here. What what would you say? Um, well, to date, that
2: hasn't happened to us. Now it's very different than it was in the very beginning of this system when the <laughs> Pfizer vaccine. I'm sorry, my dogs have decided That's to join right. me.
3: Entitled to talk to <laughs> us too.
2: <laughs> They're very vocal. Um, the Pfizer vaccine in particular, the mRNA vaccines, would only you had a very short window about when you could supply them. So when they were given to the surgeon, we'd use them within 48 hours. You did have maybe a little longer than that. Now we have a a month long window that the vaccine is safe to rest in our fridges. So there isn't the same fear about vaccines going out of date or being not used. So that's another issue. You know, so I think maybe people understand that the supply is better and people also understand that they have they can go to a dedicated okay. clinic. Um,
3: more, more, I them. just see some news reaching us here. NIAC has recommended COVID nineteen vaccines for children aged five to eleven. Now that news was probably expected, but that yeah. that is a big change, isn't it?
2: It is. It really is, and it's a very positive change because um, really, what we're seeing we're seeing children children now there's a lot of circulating respiratory viruses not just covid um but we're seeing a lot of sick children and the the idea that they would be vaccinated they are a lot of them are vaccinated against influenza already but the idea that they would be vaccinated would give schools and parents and the the whole medical system such a, a, a boost because they will be protected mm-hmm. and that, that and i i would hope that um I would assume that the absolute majority of parents will take this up and would be absolutely glad to do so.
3: But there's going to be a huge challenge here because the booster rollout continues, and now you have a whole new cohort of five to 11 year olds who will <laughs> be added to that. So, from your point of view, the workload goes up
2: again. Oh, God, it does. Yeah. But you see, I mean, no matter what, you know, in general practice, we we always kind of do the take a deep breath and get on with it. But because there's no doubt that this is better for the population as a whole and for us, you know, if the if we if we vaccinate the children, they will be um presenting less with potentially um, respiratory illnesses. So look at, you know, it, it's it's a difficult. Um, I don't know how we're going to manage it, but I'm very happy that this will happen. I don't know. We haven't had information yet about how um, the vaccines will be given, but I would assume general practice will be very actively involved in this because parents are used to bringing their children to general practice for vaccination and we're used to giving them. Um, but like you say, it's just a whole other layer of work for us.
0: Dr Moira Finn and her dogs, talking about vaccine boosters and the just-announced rollout for 5- to 11-year-olds on This Morning's Today with Claire Byrne. Ray Darcy was joined in studio this afternoon by Ola Mustafa, who's been in the direct provision system for eight years. Two weeks ago, she finally got a decision on her application to remain in Ireland. Ola told Ray what she did during her time in direct provision. So just let's remind people about your story.
5: You're you're here since 2014. Yes. You came from Nigeria. Yes. And and I know you don't want to give too much details of how you left, but it was it was a very ugly situation you left
6: to it come was, here. And I was talking to the person that called me the other time that I don't. Most of why I came here has to do with my my the father of my kids, but unfortunately he passed away in March, so I don't want to talk about anything that has to do with him. Okay. I want to, you know. Yes, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I understand that completely. Understand yeah. that completely.
5: And you came in here and you were in uh, Finglas in, in d- Director yeah. Provision in Finglas for a month, and then you were, went over to Mayo, and that's where you've been ever since. Yes. And um, and you have what did you do in Nigeria
6: before, just career wise? I had a small business I was running so. It wasn't. It wasn't a big, a big uh, business. Just uh, small uh, self. Business that has to do with selling food items and clothing and whatever I could leave my hands on, you okay. know, just to keep okay. body and soul together. Okay. And and you got a qualification of any description? I do I have a BSC in political science. From from Nigeria, from yes. Nigeria, yes. right.
5: Okay. So you you were well qualified. Yeah. You came here. And so for the last eight years you had to put your life on hold, but you but you didn't really because no. you decided that you were going to prepare yourself for yes. this day. Yes. <laughs> whenever you got out of direct provision. So how did you prepare yourself?
6: So when I came in 2014, we weren't allowed to go to school. So it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't really have anything to do. So those two years of my life, you know, trying to figure out what to do with my life where the, it was the, the toughest years of my life. But in 2017, after the Brian McMillan report came out, I was able to go to school. I did, um... I did a further course in community care, but I do tell people not all of us wants to work in in healthcare. So I, I really didn't pay much attention to that that course. I just I just did it just for doing sake. And then I was going online on just looking around online one day and I found the advert by Eco Ireland and they were advertising this course, uh, Business Enterprise and Community Development for women who had been out of education for a long time. And so I, I called them and asked if I would, uh, if they would, yeah, yeah, would allow me on the course and, and they, they granted me that spot. So I, I I did that. And, um, in, and where was that based, Ola? In Galway. Okay. Yeah. So I, it's I a good I, I was trip
5: from Ballyhorna's to Galway
6: is it? I do I travel on the bus. Right. I travel on the bus 64 route to, to Galway. It wasn't that easy too because the transport was it was a mess. Most of the time I have to leave class early or else I would miss the last bus. So yes. it was they understood my situation so they would let me go. And in 2018 I applied for a masters and I didn't get the spot. In 2019 I tried again. I didn't get the spot. And right. in 2020 I applied. I said I was going to try the last time and I got the spot to uh, study my masters in Gender, Globalization and Rights at NUI Galway. And Gender, Globalization and Rights.
5: And Rights, yeah. okay.
6: So this year I graduated, I finished my master's and I finished my uh, BA degree as well with um, Eco-Ireland. It was um, certified by, uh, at Lundin Institute of Technology, now TUS so you can say I was running two degrees at the same time. Yes. It, was, it, was, it wasn't that easy, but I, I got it done. So now... So,
5: so you're almost Mustafa, then a Bachelor of Scientific Politics from Nigeria, then yeah. a BA and an MA. Yes. So you have a number of letters after yeah. your name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, congratulations! Thank you very much, Ray. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so, so you're well qualified now, and you're ready to go. Ready to roll now. Yeah, yes, yes. 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 Uh, what's the ambition now? I know, I know all that stuff about getting a house and all that. That's you know, that's a priority. But when all of that is settled, sometime next year, hopefully early next year, what do you plan to do?
6: Uh, I would like to do anything that has to do with human rights or work in the community development sector or anything that has to do with women's rights or women empowerment. But uh, because I want to settle down in Mayo, I don't know how feasible that is because a lot of the organizations that does what I want to do are based in Dublin. Mm. And I don't know how you people survive in Dublin. I'm sorry, Dublin people. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite
5: expensive. I can't
6: survive in Dublin. It's busy. It's a fast life. It's too... I, I can't just, having lived in the rural area for, in the last seven years, I can't, for the life of me, survive in, in Dublin. So I don't know how that's going to come about, but I hope that I'm able to to pull it off as usual.
5: Yeah. How did the children feel when you told them you'd got the letter? Oh,
6: my goodness. The the younger ones came back from school first and I was asking them, oh, guess what happened today? And they are like, um, did your friend have a baby? A friend of mine is expecting a child. And I said, no. Um... Did you win the lottery? I said no, and then when I told them it was it was it was the happiest moment of their lives. My youngest was he was jumping and asking when are we moving out? Are we moving to our house with the upstairs and and blah blah blah. But the, the eldest one when he came he wasn't really you know he's waited all all his life for this and he just said oh, I've waited all my life for this congratulations mom and and what the, age is he? He's twelve now. Yeah. Yeah. And so the discussion now in my house is: So when are we moving? Are we moving out tomorrow? Are we? Did you find a house? Yeah. It's not that easy. <laughs> Transitioning into the mainstream mainstream society now is another phase entirely. And yeah. but now at least you know the paper is there. It's just you waiting for the next phase to. And and do they have male accents? I don't know what accent they have though. Because
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you said what bus, is, when you said bus, it sounded pure Mayo there, pure
6: West it? of Ireland. Yeah, when ah. you said bus. Yeah, yeah. I know they, they do have uh, Irish accent, but I wouldn't be able to identify if it's a Mayo accent or it's, uh, I don't know.
4: Yeah.
6: When
5: was the last time you saw your parents? Are your parents still alive?
6: They are, yeah. yeah. That would be when I when I left.
5: Yeah, eight years ago. Yes.
6: Yeah. And this, the prospect of me seeing them next year is just been... I don't want to cry now. (laughs) I can't wait to see my mom and my dad. That's, yeah. Cause she she's been calling me now and asking me. So when are you coming to get me? Are, are you coming to get me now? Like, oh, don't worry. You you went away. You went away with my with my children. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm an adult who so I need to chase my life and, and make a life for myself. Or um um you know, fingers crossed. Now I hope that the family reunification works out in in their favor and they are able to come and at least visit and yeah. see their. So their so grand, their your new
5: status kids. allows for family Fa- reunification. Yes. yes. So um, that spouse doesn't matter. So it's it's. Uh, Younger siblings under 18, um, and, and does it, involve... unfortunately,
6: I, I don't have any, any no, younger siblings no. under the ages of 18. And does all... it does it include parents? I think it does include, yeah, parents or the grandparents.
5: Okay, yeah. oh, I see, yes, yeah. yes, they would be your children's grandparents, yes. yes, yeah, yeah. So that's that's very exciting,
6: yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see my, my mom, especially. Oh, she's yeah. on my neck now asking, So are you coming to get me next year now? I I hope so, I hope so. Let's just. Would you feel any pressure, Ola, now
5: to represent the people who remain in direct provision? You haven't been there for eight years.
6: I would say the fight is not over. The fact that one person is settled does not mean you know you have to you're gone, you're finished. No, and that's why uh, I I applaud everyone in Marcy for what they do. The guys who champion this cause are not, most of them are not even they are no longer in the reprobation, but yes, they are still here. So the fact that I I got my status does not mean that I will stop fighting. We're still fighting. The fight yeah. the fight is just. Uh,
5: And it it was in the programme for government that they're going to end direct provision by the end of 2024.
6: I don't know how that is going to come about but I I hope to God that it comes to an end.
0: So say we all. Ola Mustafa talking about her journey out of direct provision after eight years. She's not there yet, but she's close on this afternoon's Ray Darcy Show. Anna Tritt, originally from Poland, spoke to Ryan Tilberley this morning about her experience of living in Ireland for more than a decade and the tragic loss of her son. Ryan started by asking her about moving to Bandon, County Cork, back in the mid 2000s.
4: Chris settled into a, a job there, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he got his job. Um, um, he was absolutely delighted, and he actually said on the interview that he has only one-way ticket, and <laughs> the boss has to take him, no, no matter what. Good man. Uh, uh, so, uh, yes, she did. Uh, Aileen Holland, she was absolutely brilliant. Uh, we're still friends. Uh, she really, really did a lot for us as a family to settle uh, us in Bandon, so we can't say thank you enough. But, um, that's, that's
4: impressive, if I may say so. That, yeah. she, that, she, that she went the extra mile to make sure you guys were comfortable and welcome to your new home.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. She was brilliant. And um, I'd say other people in Bandon as well uh, over time and they were really good for us. So we, we never can say thank you enough for anyone.
4: And where did you or work initially? Because... Uh, initially,
1: yeah. I... I started in SuperValue. Um. <laughs>
4: okay, this is the chemist. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking chemist. to a chemist working in SuperValue.
1: I, I know, but you see, uh, you have to start somewhere. Like, I appreciate um, that. Uh, and basically, my English wasn't green on that time. I just learned a bit, and I came um, and I said, like, oh, what can I do? And Chris said, you have to try. You have to start somewhere. So I said, yeah, fair enough. Um, so I applied. I got my job straight away for some reason. And um, it started my adventure with a super value in Bandon and was great. I learned a lot. I met such a lovely people and um, I learned different types of accents, of Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're so polite. <laughs> no, but that's
1: true. It actually makes my life easier. After okay. Because yes, when you of talk course. Other people, you know what they're talking about. It's not that it's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
4: like that. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: so definitely, yeah, Super Valley was a great experience, and I landed in kind of um, auditing field, so okay. I was for in the checker just for a while, and then I moved to the offices, so... Basically, they I think appreciate a little bit of my education. <laughs> and
4: how did Jan settle into school? Because it must be tough enough for oh, a, a little was. boy to be. It was. Yeah.
1: It was because um, you know he came. He was a single child at that time and no friends, uh, no English really, like yeah. just few words. And um, so we had actually really holiday time, like you know June, July, and June to. Try to set him in and show area, show school, kind of try to make a little friend on a local playground um, and then let him go to school. So for him, I'm sure uh, for a fact, like, it was very tough and very stressful in the beginning uh, because uh, Eng- uh, English language was a barrier. Mm. But he got uh, very quickly there. Uh, he had a lovely teacher. She really helped him. She gave him extra English classes so he could progress it quickly. What, what was her name? Uh, oh my god. Can you remember?
4: I, no, I can't. I'm oh, putting it on the spot now. I just love to I just think that's amazing. That she, we again the theme of the of great teachers that she saw yeah, him and retired. said, you know, okay, that's yeah, great. Yeah, she
1: retired, but um, I don't remember, unfortunately.
4: And when he was, uh, when Jan was 16, you introduced another member to the family dynamic.
1: Yes, uh, yes. We um, were waiting for that addition for a long time, okay. and so Ansel came up. Uh, he was born in 2014. He's seven now, a lovely young boy. Um, so yes, we had two boys for for, for a short while, unfortunately.
4: Yeah. Okay. Um, this is the this is the difficult part of our conversation. Uh, yeah. Are you okay if we go there?
1: Yeah. Sure. Are you yeah. Sure? yeah. Um,
4: this is the June the thirtieth, uh, twenty sixteen. Um, yes. You were in. I presume you were in Cork, in Bandon. Yeah. 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 Um, tell me where Jan was.
1: Um, Jan went on holidays um, to Poland on 28th actually, with his close friends,
6: mm-hmm.
1: and they went there on the lakeside, basically, just to have a lovely few weeks uh, of fun, and also he went there to go, go finish his lifeguarding course, guess uh, he was trying to be a lifeguarder. And um, so he went there, he rang me, settled well, everything okay, Uh, happy days, and then two days after, in the morning, he texted me, oh, hi, mom, I am on duty, everything is fine, I'm starting my shift, I talk to you later, Um, so that was it, and then a few hours after... Uh, we got a phone call from my parents first saying that they got the message from that spot that, where he was uh, that he went missing and they can find him. And they're searching everywhere. And um, But I think they knew on that stage that whatever happened, it happened already. They just didn't want to tell us straight away. Um, so we went crazy, you know, on uh, Jan's Facebook, uh, to his friends, put the message everywhere. Please search for him. You know, we've been absolutely crazy. booked the flights. I said like I have to go um straight away and see what's going on and um you know, because in the first thing you think, oh sure, look, he was with the friends, he went missing, they probably, you know, had a nice fun overnight or mm-hmm. something. Uh, because he was eighteen on that age, uh mm. for, on that on that time. But um you know, then you know, my dad called and called my husband and basically he said that this is a tragic accident and they found the body. And um, he actually wanted to talk to my husband, not to me, because um, he was afraid how I will take that, obviously. And it's not easy when you have to do this conversation over the phone, you are not there. It's it's very hard. And I know how hard it was for my dad because he was very, very close with my son. And uh, they've been the best bodies um, since Jan was born. So it was absolutely difficult for him um, because he has to identify the body, you know, and things like that. so basically what happened, he went on his morning shift on the pier,
6: mm-hmm. checked
1: the water, looked around, you know, just see how the day will go. And because it was a cold day enough, it was a bit of a cold breeze from the lake and it was a bit rainy, uh, nobody know what happened really and how this has happened, but he drowned. Um, so um, we don't know. There yeah. uh, was no third body involved, yeah. um, so basically it was a tragic accident. Maybe he just got a blackout, you know, he fainted and he fell into the water. That's probably what, what was happening.
0: Horrible, horrible uh, accident. Uh,
1: uh, absolutely. Mm. Um, I don't wish um, my worst enemy to no. go through what I'm going through. Um, and it's not getting easier. I can definitely tell you that. Um, it, it, it's hard always
4: you know uh, people who are grieving like you are and it's only five yeah. years which is like yesterday for you yeah um it, people trot out these things like time is a healer and of course it's nothing of the sort it, no. it, time is it just isn't when it, I, no. I, I would imagine and as you just said it's not getting easier no um, no i presume you're nearly still waiting for the key to turn in the in the door
1: oh you are spot on i'm just waiting because you see he went for holidays so technically he didn't come back from his holidays so i'm kept repeating this to myself that he's somewhere in such a lovely place and he's happy and um i'm still waiting this hi mom i'm back you know i'm still waiting for that but um maybe one day somewhere we meet up again um that's what i wish to happen he
4: he, in terms of what he wanted to be when he was older he kind of jumped around in his Career oh, choices. Yeah. What yeah. sort of things did yeah. he did he dream of?
1: Oh, you see, like, you know, with the teenagers, they want to do many things. They want to, oh, my God, he went from to try to be a soldier, um, you know, to be an astronaut, to be IT man, uh, you know, all of these little bits and pieces. Eventually, uh, I think he found uh, the thing he he chose, photography. And I think because his dad, Chris, infect him so much, because there's so much about photography in our house, um, then there was basically no choice <laughs> in right. a way. But no. does,
4: doesn't he hold a, a record in the gym there? At, he did. At the Fit gym for, for
1: lifting? Yeah, yeah he did, because that was his second thing. Uh, he, uh, he said to me that the, the things he wants to do for life, he wants to have his own gym, and on the top floor he wants to have his photography studio. So that was the, his thing. Awesome. And uh, so he started with the power lifting. Like, he started gym when he was 16, and I was really... Nervous because I said maybe you are too young, maybe you shouldn't be going to the gym. You know, it's still time for that. And so he was doing a bit of exercising in a, in a house, you know, like at home doing things, of weight and stuff. Uh, but he really insists, and eventually I let him go. And in short, such a short time, he became a good power litter. and his record is still not beaten in in his age category, obviously on that gym uh, in Bandon. And um, going forward, obviously, he, he made friends there because he was a very nice boy, um, uh, very open, very friendly. So he made uh, easy contact with everyone. So uh, his friend Mikey Power, um, after John passed away, he actually decided to go ahead and do memorials for Jan. Nice. And um, I thought that would be just one one. Event and that's all, um, but actually become as every year occasion now, and uh, we're rallying to the fifth one now, and everybody likes it.
4: So. Um, can I? Can I? Do you mind me asking, Anna, about? Um, yeah. it, what? This is a story that that will resonate for so many people now in Ireland, because there's I don't know how many, nearly half a million people in Ireland who were, may not have been born here or what have you, but are very very much part of the fabric of, of who we are, and yeah. when something as awful as this happens you've got this sort of division in your life between Ireland and Poland. And in terms of Jan and what to do with funerals and so on, if it's not too prurient, can I ask you how you managed that and and how that went for you?
1: Oh, you see, um, because it happened not here, um, obviously we went there, we did, you know, everything, what you're supposed to do for the funeral part and, and, and things like that. But because we've been in such a shock, My mom insists to bury Jan over there, and we kind of agreed, and we did it. So he's actually buried in Poland. But um, we came back, and, you know, everybody was missing him. When it happened for some reason everybody knew straight away Bandan is a small town so the news spread out and the school, the doctors, the local doctors, the school teachers, uh, principal, everybody were up to us like how we can help you straight away. Yeah. Um, you know when I, when we've been in Poland like you know just news uh, was there and it's like how we can help you, oh my god what do you need, How we what we can do for you. We've been overwhelmed with amount of sympathy from people uh, which uh, I'm, I still say oh my god amazing and I would wouldn't get that support in Poland, which uh, we both got it here uh, from from our community um, and from from Jan's friends.
0: That's Anna Tritt telling Ryan Tuberty about the tragic loss of her son Jan and the support she got from the people in Bandon at the time. <music> Buon Natale is Italian for Happy Christmas, it says here. But have you ever wondered what an Italian Christmas is like? Claire Byrne has. So she asked Luca Di Marzio from the Rosa Madre restaurant in Dublin's Temple Bar to take us through the festive season Italian style.
3: Is Christmas Day the big food day?
0: So, yeah, that's what I was thinking, Claire. I think it's uh,
7: Christmas Eve is more important by tradition yeah. because uh, that's where when everybody goes crazy for food and it's mainly seafood on that day. So the preparation, of course, started weeks before because, um, you know, seafood in the last few weeks gets really, really expensive in Italy. Sometimes you, you, you have to pay Triple the price of the normal seafood that you would pay, so you know it start to buy and maybe freeze and then get ready for the for the big day, which would be New um, Christmas Eve.
3: Christmas Eve. So talk me through the Christmas Eve food menu then.
7: Yeah. So Christmas. So obviously, you know, by the time now in Italy it got really a bit more uh, more posh that dinner. But what what I remember before we couldn't really afford to have uh, oysters or clams or mussels or Dublin Bay prawns. So I had a strange memory I actually had to confirm with my mom yesterday because I asked to her it wasn't that true so they used to buy a fish alive <laughs> that was maybe a week or two weeks before, and uh, it was left in the balcony. And I remember it was so creepy. It, was
3: it in a tub or what? what no, was it no, in?
7: like in a bucket, you know. Okay. And I don't know what they was doing. They were doing, Claire. But I had to, as I say, I had to ask my mom because kind of I still have it? nightmares of that. And guess what? So in Italy, yeah. it's called capitone. That fish. You know what was the translation in in English? Tell me. Eel. Oh, so it was gosh. a big eel in the balcony of my grandmother. <laughs> And I remember it was so scary, like to go there in the night and check how it was, you know. <laughs> Obviously it wouldn't make it until the Christmas Eve, but uh, yeah, somehow it disappeared. And then so who I heard that they, they were marinating that, you know, Yeah, but and who, who, it Who in
3: your family yeah. ended the eel's life?
7: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I tried, I tried <laughs> myself because, you know, when you are kids, you're curious of that. I never made it, it was too scary. But uh, I think my grandmother would do it, yeah. She had no problem to. it.
3: Right, so that was the childhood memory. And, yeah, yeah, uh, that was scary. Uh, but, but now things have moved on, you say, and it is things like... Smoked salmon, yeah, and smoked salmon is a big thing. Muscles. You
7: say that, Claire. Yeah, so smoked salmon is a, a typical um, starter for Christmas Eve, like it would be the prawn cocktail, like it would be this fake little caviar which uh, you can find in the supermarket with some, uh, you know, bread and butter. And then, of course, all the Italian starters. Uh, you know, if you don't have seafood, you can use uh, salami, prosciutto, you can have uh, uh, mussels uh, steamed with uh, garlic and uh, white wine. Definitely, if you can afford the Dublin Bay prawns, which by the way, in Italy they go crazy money. We are talking of sometimes 100, 120 euros per kilo mm. on that particular period of Christmas. And so, it's our
3: prawns that you like, the they are my Bay favorite.
7: Prawns. Yeah, Dublin Bay prawns are my favorite. Just literally, just cut in half and grilled little bit of uh, extra virgin olive oil and parsley is just the best.
3: So n- no meat? Is it all safe no, on Christmas No, on that Eve?
7: day is called magro. So it's called, you have to be light for that dinner because, of course, the, the days ahead are quite tough in terms <laughs> of, uh, you know, food. So, And also you have to end up the meal before 12 o'clock because 12 o'clock it would be a big appointment, everybody in the... In the, in the church for the mass of 12 o'clock. And that's something I, I remember was really, really nice because you would go to the mass and meet all your, your kids' friends and uh, families. And it was already, you know, it was so, so fun to do that. Working back
3: from midnight then on Christmas Eve, when do you start eating?
7: <laughs> uh, mainly, maybe around seven o'clock. Seven o'clock you start, but, you know, usually there is loads, loads of food. So it's impossible to, to finish whatever everybody brings to the table. So mainly on the on the other big day, which would be Christmas Day, you end up in the morning to, you know, with the big hangover, <laughs> of course, and you would see your mom. Uh, doing the um, tortellini because on that particular day on christmas eve you need to eat you need to eat tortellini in brodo which is very typical tortellini in brodo is something uh, uh, which practically is meat broth meat broth cooked uh, you know um, slow cooked so you put usually the uh, cuts meat cuts which are uh, mainly needs more time cooking so and you start
3: c- cooking this on Christmas. Yeah, Eve yeah. You for Christmas Day. You
7: wake up. Yeah, you wake up in the morning on Christmas on Christmas Day. Uh, you could feel. You can smell this uh, beautiful smell, and uh, you go like, "Wow, uh, it's game on again!" <laughs> and then you would see your family all on the table uh, closing the tortellini, which is mainly tortellini inside. There would be pork means mortadella, a little bit of ricotta. So it's, uh, it's a nice feeling. Yeah, it's beautiful. Such
3: a different Christmas Day experience to the one we have here.
7: Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's quite different. But, um, you know, it's uh, just uh, a reason for all the family to stay together and uh, have some nice food and drinks. So. Because
3: you say that Christmas Day eating is, is lighter than Christmas yeah, Eve, yeah, but you're yeah. still consuming a lot of food.
7: Yeah, you do. Actually, you know, so, it will always appear uh, a nice lasagna that someone made. So you have mainly this um, uh, brought tortellini in brodo which is brought with tortellini uh, but then also as a starter uh, you know you will always have salami, prosciutto uh, and a little bit of vegetables because in that period it's very popular to have uh, artichokes you know artichokes period is popular Mm -hmm. and then there are something else. So I'm from Rome so every region is different but we would eat uh, lots of uh, artichokes puntarelle, these things like that which are typical from my region
3: What about the sweet food the desserts what do yeah, you enjoy sweet at Christmas? Food,
7: uh, that's, that's the one I brought you here <laughs> it's very very popular
3: Panettone
7: Now now made all around the world Panettone is uh, very popular everywhere It's but
3: controversial now because all around the world they're selling it with all sorts of different flavours yeah. included I know some Italians don't really approve
7: of that No no I approve Claire. Do you? Yes that's why I brought you this one this one is pear and chocolate because uh, uh, for me it was quite boring, the panettone, just with uh, I didn't dry want fruit. to
3: say, but it can be yeah, a yeah. bit boring. Yeah, yeah, I hate
7: it. Oh, okay. When I was young, I hate it. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't eat that because with the dry fruits, no mm. one kids in Italy it would eat that. And uh, in fact, it was a different version of the panettone, which is called Pandoro. Pandoro has no dry fruits inside um, and it's covered with uh, icing sugar. So that what we would eat, maybe with some nice nutella on top would, would be okay would. <laughs> so you
3: so you add something to the panettone to make it a little bit nicer
7: in the beginning, no Claire. when i was young no then of course now in the last 10 15 years i seen it served in the restaurant with ice cream now for me the best combination would be some nice uh, vin santo just to give it a little bit of uh, you know, nice Moistured. and moister. and then some uh, custard cream on the on the side. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> the <Bajone>. <laughs> yeah
0: that that would be that would be very enjoyable. Well, I'm sure it would be. Luca Di from the Rosa Madre restaurant in Dublin's Temple Bar giving us a flavour of an Italian Christmas on this morning's Today with Claire Byrne. My bags are packed. Last week, Brendan O'Brien called Liveline to tell Joe Duffy that he was facing a four-year wait for cataract surgery on the public waiting list. This afternoon, Brendan called the show with some good news. Brendan O'Brien.
8: Hello, Joe.
9: Congratulations.
8: Thank you very much.
9: You got it done. When did you get it done, your cataracts?
8: I got it done this morning.
9: Well, that's a lot quicker than four years.
8: It sure is power of Joe
9: Duffy. It is not. Tell us, it's the power of Brendan O'Brien and oh. your your voice. Tell us what happened. Well, uh, I know uh, listeners will know that on the programme last week, when you came on, uh, Michael Collins came on uh, on behalf of this group that they've organised for a while now called Belfast are Blind. It's a bus. They organise everything for you. You have to pay some money up front. but well, you pay a lot of money up front, unfortunately, um, but you then get it back to the HSE. Now, you were, you were he said... They had an appointment for you yesterday in Belfast and That's they could right. get it done this morning. But something else happened. Dramatically. So, what happened, yeah, Brendan? Yeah,
8: dramatically. On uh, Monday, I got a phone call from the Iron Air Hospital. In Dublin. In Dublin. Yeah. To tell me they could see me on Tuesday for an assessment Great, and yesterday. on Wednesday for the operation. And when... And, b- that was duly done.
9: So you've had the first eye done.
8: I've had the first eye done this morning.
9: Brilliant. And what was, the, yep. what, what was that like? Is it painful? Or?
8: It is at the most. Do you know what? It's easier than having a shave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt <laughs> nothing. They just put a few eye drops in, waiting around for a short space of time, brought in into the operating theatre, and Brendan went off for a snooze while they were doing the job.
9: And then you woke up and
8: I presume... <laughs> and I woke up and was left. all done and dusted.
9: And from... Where do you live Ringsend, is it? Yeah. Yeah, OK. From Ringsend to the Ioneer there on the Adelaide Road and the operation and back again, how long did it take?
8: I was in the Ioneer this morning at uh, about a quarter to eight. I was back home by half twelve.
9: Isn't that brilliant?
8: Yeah, absolutely. Now,
9: now did, they, did they... Are they... Well... The the main thing is they did it. That's the main thing.
8: Now, what they said to me there this morning was that somebody heard the broadcast last week, said it was bad publicity for the hospital, and the head man was informed, and he says, right, I'll do something for that man. And true enough, here I am, Joe. Again... It's down to live line.
9: It's, it's down to Brendan O'Brien line, not, not live line, <laughs> Brendan O'Brien line. But Brendan, it's also, we also want to say to people, because cataracts, you, you were explaining it so well last week, how awful it is. And we had other people on with cataracts. You're not getting any younger, it's a ticking clock. That's and right. You need to be, and then we discovered about this bus that, as I went up yesterday. That's
8: Michael Collins door, yeah, yes. And
9: there's, and there's a load of them going up now before Christmas. So there are options for people, there are options. And um, we want, want people to know that because no one should have to wait four years uh, unless, unless you, you're in a time machine in Ring's End and travelling backwards rather than forwards on the calendar. Oh, yeah. Um, you, Wouldn't
8: we all love that?
9: So, so when will you be able to take the patch off?
8: I can take the patch off actually tomorrow but oh. then you, you have a procedure you do yourself you put uh, Drop. eye drops in yeah, four times a day for a month and
9: well, some well of done. them for two weeks well and done. one
8: for four weeks so I should be able to see Santy anyway
9: Yeah you will be able to see and I just got a copy of the Christmas edition of the RT Guide the bumper issue there's something like 700 movies on over Christmas Oh lovely <laughs> John Wayne, from John Wayne to Nacking Cole to Benedict Cumberbatch, they're all there. They're all there. Oh, Listen, Brendan, congratulate. When do you get the second eye done?
8: Uh, he said sometime after Christmas, not not too long after Christmas. Okay,
9: we'll keep us informed. Yeah. And the great thing is, Brendan, they do your eyes while you wait.
8: That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I so, must say, Joe, thanks a million.
9: No, thank you for contacting us. And thanks oh. thanks again to that other group who are still thundering on the Belfast yeah. or Blind Bus. And I have to, de- the details are on our website. I have well, to contact them. Let's um, get it started. Okay, yeah. the, Bre- the Brendan O'Brien line is open now. Thank you, Brendan. Look after yourself and take the drops every day as you're told to do. Do you hear me? Mm. To take the drops every single day. Oh, I yes. will, yes. Yes, Great. okay. Okay, Joe, uh, have, Thank a good, you. have a good Christmas, Brendan. On That's Brendan sake. O'Brien. Bye. And many,
0: many more than please God. Brendan O'Brien telling Joe Duffy about his experience of finally getting his cataract surgery on this afternoon's Liveline. Finally, on today's Playback Daily, Christmas is a time when many people enjoy catching up with friends and family, while many others prefer catching up with movies and TV series on one or lots of the tonne of streaming services out there. Claire Byrne was joined this morning by Kira O'Brien, technology and business reporter for the Irish Times, and Dara Cassidy, head of communications at Bonkers.ie, to talk about how best to manage our streaming subscriptions.
3: So, Kira. Would you say now is the right time to evaluate whether we need Netflix, say, over Amazon Prime? Yes, I think, you know, it's
10: always a good time to see if you can save a bit of money, especially coming up to Christmas. Um, I think the last year, and I'm, I'm the worst for this, the last last two years, we, kind of, we spent a lot of money on subscription services because, let's face it, it was pretty much the only thing most of us had going on in our lives. So the issue now is, though, so, do you really need them? Are you getting the most out of them? And is it just the kind of thing that, you know, you sign up for, you forget about, and then you realise, um, you know, maybe three months down the line, you haven't opened Amazon Prime, video in three months and you know it, you're still paying for it every month um, and that's something it's a kind of a trap I've fallen into myself you know where I've signed up for these things and you might watch something you, know, you, you sign up specifically to watch something um, and then you just kind of forget that it's there but the money's still going out of your bank account every I know, month.
3: Or, or, or you cancel it and then somebody in the office or one of your friends says did you see such and such a thing and you end up signing back up again. Exactly and actually I ended up with
10: two for some reason two Amazon accounts at one point two Amazon Prime accounts. I have no idea how it happened but I kept trying to cancel I kept trying to change the the, the credit cards that was associated with my account and the charge kept coming every month and I couldn't figure it out till I eventually figured out there was a second account somewhere along the way Yikes, that was using the twice. same credit card. <laughs> yep and it that's that's not cheap. I mean, when you think about it for something, you're I'm absolutely one hundred percent not using because I already had an account that was being used. so oh I was paying twice for the same thing,
3: so Dara, we really should be taking stock, shouldn't we, of what we've subscribed to.
11: Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's just so much choice out there now for consumers. In some ways, it's great, but sometimes too much choice can be a bad thing. And as Kira has said, sometimes you can lose sight of what you're actually paying for and what you've signed up for. What kind of complicates things as well is that a lot of the broadband providers maybe doesn't complicate things because it's good that they're offering better value but Air for example now with a lot of its packages offers a year's free subscription to Amazon Prime Video Um, if you sign up to a new Apple device to get three months free uh, subscription to Apple TV Plus its streaming service so you know sometimes you could actually be getting uh, one of these streaming services by paying for another service um, meaning you could Mm -hmm. save a little bit of money that way as well But you've
3: got to keep an eye on those things because when they run out then you're going to be hit aren't you with, with the bill for it if you don't unsubscribe
11: Oh yeah no absolutely and some of them aren't cheap I mean I think when it was just Netflix and you were paying maybe just a 699 or 799 a month that was fine. But suddenly Amazon Prime came on the stream and had some good TV shows as well. Disney Plus now is the new one or one of the latest ones. And over the next few years, we'll probably see Hulu um, and also HBO Max come into Irish, um, you know, come on stream. <laughs> no, as well. enough. I have enough. Even There's more so
3: many of them. That's the thing. And and we feel, Kira, don't we, that we, we should have them, even though, as you say, some of them are underused. Do you have them all? Are you signed up to everything?
10: I am actually yes because I say you no know, Disney Plus like a lot of people we signed up to Disney Plus when it launched and Disney Plus I mean they launched at the right time it was you know kind of the start of the pandemic we were all trapped at home Disney Plus has been well abused in the past 2 years on our TV I say my I'd say if you looked at my internet usage 99% of it is Disney Plus at this point Okay um and you know it, it's great to have that, but the problem is is that there were so many different licenses and so many different agreements so what you Sign up for a service thinking, okay, this particular program is on it, and then you get this notification to say that this program is going to be leaving Netflix or whatever service it is on this date, and you now have a very short window of time in which to binge watch all <laughs> 150 episodes of it, or else you have to sign up for whatever service it's going off to. And you know, when Disney Plus launched, a lot of its content gradually got pulled into Disney and off other services. So we lost, uh, so we lost the Disney Channel on our TV because all the the um, the the content is now on ah, Disney+. Plus, okay. So Disney Channel doesn't exist and anymore And the same thing happened
3: uh, with Netflix as well and is happening isn't it Dara where the Disney content moves over to Disney+. Plus? So you have to you feel you have to yeah, have Disney+. Uh, Plus.
11: And that's only going to get worse over the next few years as more companies start their own streaming services. So a good example like I mentioned is HBO Max. So that's probably going to launch in Ireland in around two or three years time um, and it'll show predominantly obviously HBO shows. A lot of HBO's content at the moment is on the Sky Atlantic TV channel which a lot of people would get for free obviously as part of a Sky TV package in two or three years time that deal runs out meaning if you want to see HBO content like Succession and the Mayor of, um, the mayor of Easttown you're probably going to have to sign up to HBO Max so it's going to get worse, yeah, you unfortunately. See, this,
3: this is how it has changed, right? In the past, if you signed up for Sky or for one of the other uh, platforms, you felt as though, right, I'm paying for my TV package. Now that's no longer enough. You need to do that and,
11: and, and. It's true and I think this is where maybe you just need to take stock and see what it is you actually want to watch. Um, You can't be signed up or I wouldn't recommend that someone sign up to anything and everything. There's around maybe seven or eight paid for streaming services in Ireland at the moment. Um, As I keep saying, it's only going to get bigger. Um, For most people, I would say two or three is enough. There still is a little bit of duplication of content out there at the moment. So for example, on Netflix, some of the shows that it shows um, are also on Amazon Prime Video as well and vice versa. So just make sure as well that you're not maybe watching something on one show like for example I started watch, watching Parks and Recreation which is the Amy Poehler comedy which mm-hmm. is great on Amazon Prime we thought I was getting great value for one set of Amazon Prime and then realised it was actually on Netflix it's on Netflix as well. as well so you know you just need uh-huh. to be careful that you're not watching one show on one platform when actually and sometimes as well we're forgetting some of this content is still actually available on Orch.ee It's on um, normal TV channels um, and there's also the All 4 player which is the free streaming service from Channel 4. That shows some great content as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Fleabag is another example. It's on Amazon Prime Video but was shown many times in Orchie and BBC as well.
3: Yeah, so there might be other ways to access it but there is a bit of FOMO going on isn't there, uh, Kira? Fear of missing out. I know in our house every Christmas where's Elf? Where can we see Elf? And you always have to pay for Elf, don't you? See, this is the thing. This
10: is where the the old DVD player mean don't throw it away, Just yet, because you think about the amount of times that you spend either renting Elf or, in this case, Home Alone. Home Alone is only available on Disney Plus this year. It's not on TV. Home Alone 2 is on TV. I think Home Alone 3 and 4 are being shown somewhere and they are absolutely not Home Alone movies in my book. But Home Alone 2 is being shown on, on terrestrial TV. But if you want to watch Home Alone, you either have to rent it or you have to be signed up for Disney Plus. Yeah, you see, that they, is how, that, they get you is what the, you're going
0: to have. The popular ones at Christmas... That was Kira O'Brien, technology and business reporter for the Irish Times and Dara Cassidy, head of communications at bonkers.ie talking TV subscription management with Claire Byrne this morning. And that's all I have for you on this edition of Playback Daily. The programme was compiled, written and edited by me, Neil O'Sherodhan. Don't forget you can listen back to all the programmes featured on Playback Daily on the RTE radio player. And there'll be another Playback Daily at the same time tomorrow. But for me, until the next time, Thank you for listening and good luck.